0: Have you ever thought about getting a strategic assistant or maybe you have one and you're thinking that you could probably maximize this relationship? I am really excited to have you listen in on this conversation with co-founders, Ryan Casson and Steven Nooner of Superpowers. Superpowers is a really interesting company because they help really match up really successful entrepreneurs with wonderful executive work from home, U.S.-based assistants. And not virtual assistants, executive assistants. I'm so impressed by their three C's approach of really curriculum, coaching, and community. And I think you'll be so impressed about how they help maximize the impact that a really powerful and well-trained and on-board strategic assistant can have. So listen in. Hi, Shannon Waller here and welcome to Team Success. I am Extra excited today. I know I always say that, but I am talking to two fabulous human beings who also just happen to be clients of Strategic Coach and who have really collaborated to create what I think is a really special company in the spirit of really having a wonderful strategic assistant. So Stephen Nooner, one of our fabulous clients and coaches, and Ryan Casson, thank you both very much for joining me. And I am very excited to talk about your latest venture, which is called Superpowers. And if anyone wants to check them out while I'm talking, because I know that's how I like to do things, please go to superpowershq.com and you will get to see what exactly we are talking about. But before we jump into that, Let me just say hi, guys, and thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you. Great to see you. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's always fun to get to invest time with you, always. So Mm. thank
0: you. Thank you, Stephen. I feel exactly the same way about you. All right. So I have lots of questions about Superpowers because that's the name of the company. SuperpowersHQ.com is how to go find you. So one of the things I know in the world of assistance is, number one, finding a great one, not the easiest thing in the world to do you guys have a really cool system for virtual assistance. And I actually think the last two years where everyone has had to go virtual, whether or not you planned it or not, probably has really heightened the need for what you guys offer. So I'm really excited because I think still a lot of people do not know the value of having a, what we call a coach, a strategic assistant. And you guys have just, you know, dived into the deep end to make this happen for people. So I wanna know like, who are you, how you got started, what started this really cool thing that you're doing, how it's working, all the things. So that's (laughs) getting ahead of myself. So why don't you guys just do a quick introduction of each other and then how you actually started this whole deal? What was the impetus? And Stephen, do you want to start?
1: Yeah, I'll go ahead and lead off because I think the journey here says a lot about our why and why we're so passionate about this. And so, as you mentioned, on the front side, I'm an associate coach, a strategic coach, and it is... One of my greatest privileges and honors, it is absolutely the funnest thing I've ever done in a professional capacity. I just absolutely love entrepreneurs and serving them. But when I joined Coach 15 years ago, I didn't even believe I was an entrepreneur. I literally qualified for strategic coach by $1 of personal income, probably the lowest qualifier ever in the history of Coach. And I joined off a referral like so many people do from Coach. And I used a rental property to qualify. I mean, like it was legit. I had the income, but I mean, I barely qualified. You know, in coach, we talk about these great freedoms, the freedom of time, money, relationships, purpose, right? I will confess that I joined strategic coach because I wanted to make more money. Mm -hmm. We were considering having a family, like money was why I joined. And those other things are kind of cool. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. But show me the money, right? And so that's where I was at true story. I showed up first day coach. I did not believe I was an entrepreneur and it was the first day of this whole new world of learning and growth and expansion. And really a lot of that was the approach. I really approached coach. It's the first time I probably ever approached anything like this in my life, but I really just said, Hey, look, I'm going to approach this like full out. Like I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid and I am going to, instead of arguing, I'm going to try everything because I don't even think I'm an entrepreneur. I saw myself as a salesperson at the time. So I was like, I'm just going to try it. And I'm going to learn this thing called entrepreneur. I'm going to get everything I can, learn everything I can. And so that's the way I approached coach. And we flourished. There was one thing One thing that I refused to do, and we talked about it maybe in the first workshop, (laughs) which is hiring a strategic assistant. And so for five years, I was in coach and our team grew, our company flourished, and I continuously hired for everybody else on the team. Someone needs more support, hire someone for this one, hire someone for this person. And so I just resisted. I did no office solution. I mean, like I drank the Kool-Aid. But I just resisted this one area. And my coach at the time, a guy named Dan Taylor, just continued to challenge me on it. And I don't know why. Well, I know why now. I just resisted. And finally, my team, this is embarrassing, but it's true. My team mutinied. They mutinied and they came to me and they said, Look, you are the bottleneck on everything. We love you. We appreciate that you're this servant leader. But like, you've got to get someone and we're not taking no for an answer. You're not hiring anyone else for the company until you get someone. And so I was forced, was brought kicking and screaming into the world of a strategic assistant. And what I can tell you is even though we're flourished, that set off a massive growth streak in that business. And, you know, we more than 30 X the company, we'd already grown it a good bit. And it became, you know, something I got to be a part of. We built an incredible, unique built a team, $30 million in revenue, hundreds of employees, and the way that i was you know trying to manage myself versus what a strategic assistant executive assistant was at least a 5x possibly a 10x unlock on that and i'll say one final thing the thing about it was not just that i really believe in you know servant leadership the other part was i didn't value myself enough i did not value myself enough there was a story of not good enough and so that choice and that realization led me to realize over and over again that I'm a worthwhile investment. And so I'll turn it over to Ryan, but that is sort of like how this whole journey began for me and why you know I'm so passionate about it because just like, why do I coach? Because I want more people to have their own version of the experience I've had, right? Uh, Ryan?
0: You make so many great points there, Stephen. Thank you so much. And I thank you for sharing your own personal journey, because I like Dan Taylor preach strategic assistant, but they're like, oh, I don't know. And they've done exactly what you've done. They've hired for everyone else except for themselves. But that conversation of you know not being feeling good enough and finally realizing that you are, in fact, worth the investment and then to get those phenomenal returns. But the problem is you, we are the bottleneck, right? And we keep justifying why that's OK. It's really not. It, we're actually holding back the growth of the company when we don't make that investment, so. Love all of those things. Okay, Ryan, over to you. How did you start hanging out with this character?
2: It's going to be really tough to beat that. So I'm not going to even try. (laughs) But I met Stephen through a local entrepreneurship organization here in Dallas. We both live in Dallas. And early on, before I even knew him, the word got out to the group that Stephen was going to be a part of a strategic coach, I guess, roadshow, right? You know, where coach clients were going to come and and share their experience in the program and how it changed them. And I was completely unfamiliar with strategic coach at the time. And so I went and I listened and I met this guy, Stephen, for the first time and heard Much the same story, the impact that joining coach made on his business and his ability to grow. And I think most importantly, the mindset shifts that happened as a result of being a part of this program. And so, unlike Steven, I mean, I was all in right from the get-go. I was totally bought in. I applied my quick start energy hard on it. And so, first session, you know, discussion of strategic assistant is already seated in there. Discussion of team tools and workshops is already seated in there. And I wanted it all. So I decided I was going to go whole hog on this thing and just make strategic coach and everything about it as much a part of my business, my sort of OS for the business, if you will, as possible. And so, you know, one of the things that I really lucked out on when I brought an executive assistant, strategic assistant onto the team is that I found the right person on the first try and it wasn't for anything that I had done right. It was just pure dumb luck and you know, in business, especially early on, there are so many examples of luck being the thing that just carries you through. This was definitely one of those examples. And what I have realized, and I still work with the person who was my strategic assistant in this previous business, I had a digital marketing agency. She's now our chief happiness officer in superpower. So she's grown through this experience and, and has a very important leadership role in our business. She literally does the matching between our clients and their executive assistants because she's so good at it. So I just completely lucked out to find this person. And what I have found in talking to folks is that When hiring for this role, it's super challenging because you generally don't get any institutional knowledge about how to find the right fit. In a perfect world, you've hired your executive assistant and you're working with them for the next decade of your business life, if not longer, right? You've got this great, fantastic, high-functioning relationship and you never have to hire for it again, ideally. And so, it's really tough when maybe there's a turnover or a change in who your assistant is or if you don't find the right person on the first time and you get discouraged because you put on all this time, energy, and effort to make it happen to say nothing of the financial investment. Mm -hmm. And so, we talked to a lot of folks who just really struggle with where to start with that. And I know that, you know, Stephen had a phenomenal strategic assistant as well. And we both, I think, got really, really lucky in that
0: regard. Yeah. That is so interesting. Go ahead, Stephen.
1: No, what you know, what was really the initial seeds of this business was, you know, certainly the impact. Both of us, Ryan, quick started on it. I'm a, you know, eight quick start, but I delayed, right? And it was the impact, and you know, of course, strategic coach and strategic assistant program made this huge impact. But what we found was. When Ryan made the move that our chief happiness officer now, when he, he brought his assistant on, connecting our assistants and letting them actually learn and grow from each other and create this kind of community around it mm-hmm. really became something that we did for a number of years, helping entrepreneurs with that for free. Just purely like we were just helping people that we knew that wanted their amber, their fern, right? They wanted that experience. They could see the freedom Ryan and I had, and they wanted that. And so we were just helping. And so that is really, a, you know, it was a while before we realized that the impact that we were making and how that connected back to really purpose, which is ironic because I told you I just wanted, I joined coach, I wanted the money <laughs> and I got the money. But really what I value most is this purpose and the ability to make an impact in not just an entrepreneur's life, but also the assistant.
0: I love that it really emerged organically. Like both of you, you know, either were forced into it. <laughs> I love that your team mutinied. Ryan, you were all in from the beginning. You wanted all the leverage. And then you started helping other people. And I'm sure your, you know, Fern and Amber helped do that too. But what happened to actually take it from something you were doing casually? to actually being a business. And this is about 18 months along. So this actually started during the pandemic, which is fascinating. So what was the coalescing factor that really went, this is something we need to focus more of our time and attention on?
2: Yeah, I think two things. There was an opportunity, I was exiting the digital marketing agency and it was an opportunity for me to kind of take a step back and look at the folks that I enjoyed working the most with. If I could have conversations with one group of people for all of my business life, entrepreneurs would be it, right? They're the most fun, they're the most ambitious, they're the most visionary kind of group of people that you can talk to day in and day out. And so Mm -hmm. there was a selfish part that said, well, how can I talk to entrepreneurs all day, every day? Because that sounds like a heck of a lot of fun to me. (laughs) But also the pandemic was really, it was coming into clear view that there was a new way of doing work. And suddenly this notion of work from home, Mm -hmm. which had been foreign to so many, But that's how I ran the digital agency for several years. So, it was really familiar to me. It was finally becoming a normal way of doing work. And I think people were ready for the shift that came from that. So, you know, it might be helpful just to kind of give a little bit of, you know, clarity on superpowers in general here. So, we're on a mission to help successful entrepreneurs achieve new levels of freedom and growth. And as we've alluded to, that's, you know, by providing them really, really high leverage work-from-home executive assistants who are U.S.-based. That's the key. So we're U.S.-based, work-from-home executive assistants. And we feel really strongly that even as some businesses begin to try to dabble with going back to work, the cat's out of the bag. This new way of work is going to be a part of the future of work. And I think, you know, people just got more comfortable with the idea that work can get done in a distributed fashion. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really passionate about that because it allows us to find no matter what the business, the best possible talent. And you know we're able to find folks who see this opportunity as a phenomenal opportunity for them that totally aligns with their goals, totally aligns with their desire to grow as a person, but they may not happen to be in the same city that you live in. They're just in the same time zone, right? And so it's been really exciting to grow a team of people where that's the intention from day one is to have this sort of distributed team that serves our clients in that way.
0: Oh, That's fantastic. One of the things we were talking about this before we hit record today is that entrepreneurs have always been, I love how you talk about them in terms of just being so ambitious, visionary and fun. <laughs> One of my success criteria as well. You know, but they've been getting more mobile, you know, working from all around the place. But then it's kind of like <laughs> went from early adopters to everybody when the pandemic hit and not everyone had to stay home, but lots of us did still there I mean just kudos on actually seeing the need and then looking to fill it and then really you know because you saw the value for yourselves I mean there's so much authenticity in what you're saying this wasn't just a money-making opportunity this is much closer aligned to purpose both of you are very successful entrepreneurs in your own right probably could have walked away and been just fine but no this was an opportunity to really create value and have people experience the same awesome results that you have so this is exciting
2: And it's super interesting that you mentioned the mobile life of an entrepreneur, right? Because that's actually one of the things that we talk about. And, you know, of course, we're not going to be the right fit for everybody. But one of the things we feel really strongly about is the power of distributed work. We think that actually having the executive assistant outside the office is great for two reasons. The first is that it forces the entrepreneur to live sort of this digital lifestyle to get the most out of the relationship. So everything is connected. Everything is in a shared collaborative platform. It allows the entrepreneur to get out of the office which is so, so critical because that's part of that freedom that we're talking about and not miss a beat with their executive assistant. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the really, really big values of being able to have that distributed sort of, you know, work across the country model that we're pursuing.
0: You raise such a really good point, And I've worked with several people who are experts at putting in place systems and it, you kind of force people into the digital age if they weren't <laughs> Or before. Like, you just can't afford to have paper systems if you're not there, right? Exactly. You know, yeah, you have to have project management systems. You have to have, you know, a drive function of somewhere you can find the documents. You need passwords. You need all of that security. You actually up-level your business, is what I hear you saying, Ryan, when you have someone who's outside. So I have a question. Do you have some of your clients, entrepreneurs, who have one of your fabulous executive assistants, but The other team members are in person. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So is that part of what works as well? Not everyone has to be distributed, but at least the executive assistant is.
2: It's a fantastic question. And that's the second part of why we think that this model can be uniquely good for the right fit client. It's because the assistant and the entrepreneur have this very direct one-on-one relationship. And this assistant doesn't sort of become a natural sort of shared resource within the office because there's a big habit that you bring in a fabulous assistant who's really highly capable and really great at getting stuff done and then they get their time shred between multiple different people who all put different things on their plate and it completely dilutes the impact it has on the person that we're trying to get the freedom and growth for. And so, we think that this is one of the great ways to protect that relationship is to have it more direct one-on-one but not necessarily in the office.
0: Oh my gosh, I just want to say amen. (laughs) Because this is what happens. And I I cannot tell you how many of our clients have said, Shannon, I've had this really great executive assistant and now she's working over here with this person, over there with that person. And they let it happen because they want the company to be be looked after. By the way, I wrote down the word dilute. Oh my gosh, brilliant way to articulate the disbursement of focus and attention that really should be directed to the entrepreneur my new book is getting longer by the second because one of the models that i have hit on which i think you guys will like is that really no matter how big the company is or how many different versions of it there are i actually think the entrepreneur needs their own team that goes with them with whatever the heck they're doing It's actually a triad. So you've got your make it up person. That's usually your entrepreneur. Then you've got your personal, we call them an innovation manager, project manager, your make it real person, the one who's going to strategize with you on projects. But then one of the people that you need to make it recur or focus managers is the person who will look after you, dot the I's, cross the T's, make sure your schedule is planned out more than three days from now. You know, making sure that the files are where they're supposed to be, making sure that you are set up for success in everything that you're doing. And this is such a critical role, and it's pretty much the last thing that entrepreneurs see that's important on their org chart.
2: Totally. I love that image of that three-legged stool
1: supporting the entrepreneur 100%. Yeah. And we went back to the dilution thing. One of the reasons why I believe it happens, even if they you know, get it right and they get that person, and obviously they're doing so well that other people see that and they want to give them stuff too, and it gets diluted. I believe it's because a lot of entrepreneurs just don't have the purpose back to the purpose and the vision for how to actually expand and elevate this role, right? So a lot of times we see entrepreneurs when they do think of an assistant, they often think of it as a downward delegation. These are things that I want to get off my plate, right? Like I I need to get the freedom from, you know, all this stuff that's bogging me down. And so, okay, I'll do this. But We really have a vision for where that relationship continue to grow and the more just like an entrepreneur, you know, building a company. As I grew my company, there were certain times that thankfully we were able to keep most of them. But the person, you know, Dan says the skills get you out of Egypt don't necessarily get you the promised land. And so because that lack of vision, they don't invest in that relationship. And so then it can become stagnant and they can outgrow their assistant. And so we have a firm belief that in having that vision and continuing to build and grow that individual will allow them to grow with that entrepreneur and sometimes actually be a catalyst for that growth. Because for me, what I found, and I poured a lot into my assistant, the better she got at anticipating and actually leading me, I was still the boss, but we, you know, became exponentially more productive.
0: Yeah. And so the three of us are so like-minded because I was that person you were talking about. And I used to share an assistant with another team, not even another person. We tried that too. I used to share it with two other people that didn't work. Then I had someone join me, but they were still part of the old team that they had left. you know. And then I was finally like, I was starting to lose my mind. It wasn't working very well, but I noticed a complete and total cap on what I was capable of doing. Because if I had to do the structuring, the planning and the organizing, I was only capable of so much. You know, they say a chains only as strong as its weakest link. Well, personally, you can only get as much done as your weakest strengths if there's such a thing. Anything to do with fact-finding and follow-through per Mike Colby, I have very little mental energy for that. I have lots of quick start like you guys do. So I was being hamstrung by myself, right? I couldn't do the things. So I could not grow. And I could only think as far as my capabilities would allow because I didn't have that form of unique ability teamwork. So I know exactly what you're talking about. I felt it. And then, so I had Nicole for eight years. She's just transitioned out to her next career, which is being a yoga teacher. So she didn't outgrow grow me from that standpoint, which <laughs> makes my ego feel good. And then I have this new phenomenal human being named Katrina that Nicole helped me find. But I pretty much tripled, if not quadrupled my productivity and my effectiveness when i had that leverage and support and here's to your point my thinking got bigger <laughs> you know i could now imagine a much bigger future because now i had some more support structures to be able to help deliver on that and you know technically yes we're the boss but i actually gave nicole originally a different title executive assistant is great that's what we advertised for but when she actually works with me, her email signature was Shannon Waller's like strategic support partner. Basically, I want her managing me, not the other way around. <laughs> good. yeah. I am useless at that. I am not good. No, I am fabulous in the moment, delivering, doing all the things before and after. Not so much. And I do want that partnership. I want this total collaboration of skills and talents. And that's what I'm hearing from you is that that's what you are setting up for success. And then people's futures get bigger because they have that one-on-one dedicated, not diluted support. Oh, this is so exciting. I love this.
1: Yeah, and we see it, you know, in two ways, one, you know, empowering the executive strategic assistant to continue to be able to grow their capabilities. Right. Yep. But then also the role itself isn't something, you know, where there's a whole lot of training for, like people don't necessarily go to college for it. And so, One is creating it as a possibility, elevating it as a career to be excited and proud of, right? And serving these amazing entrepreneurs and being a support person for the right person is awesome, right? And so it's expanding their possibilities and then also allowing that to be a continuous journey of growth for them.
0: Oh, that's exciting. So let's talk about that. Now, I'd love to talk about your selection process for how you attract and you know, choose who's the right fit. I learned so much from the people who've very generously contributed their talents to support me. Like I've learned that some people are just really supportive personalities and they know that that's where they want to be right? They don't necessarily want to be us, but they love supporting people who are doing what we're like to And I'm like, great. Because like, if you looked at every profile that Nicole or I ever did, we were opposites, but very complimentary. It was actually entertaining at some points. So how do you choose people? Do you use profiles? If so, which ones? And then how do you help them keep growing? Because that can be a challenge. It can look like a static thing, but to your point, it's really not. There's lots of opportunity for growth and change.
2: Yeah, tons of opportunities for growth and change. And and one of the things that we've found to be most important in hiring is not necessarily that background or experience, although I find that a lot of our clients are sort of in that mode of, I need somebody with executive assistant experience. The only thing that guarantees is that they're familiar with the broad strokes of what the role is but not necessarily doing it for an entrepreneur. And worst case scenario, you've hired somebody else's work style and bad habits into your organization, right? And so part of what Stephen was saying about trying to professionalize the role and create curriculum around it and a standardization because you can't necessarily go to school for it is a big priority of ours. But for any of that to work, and I think whether you're hiring for this role yourself or you're going, you know, and working with a partner, the most important thing is to recognize that you as the entrepreneur intend to grow through this partnership and this relationship. And so it's really critically important that no matter what the background experience of the person is, is that they have a growth mindset as well, that they want to be a part of your growth story, that they want to serve, you know, Toward that growth story, but also that they're willing to grow themselves. Because I don't know any of our clients who are doing the exact same set of things three months into the relationship, six months into the relationship, nine months into the right. It changes as the future grows bigger. And I think, you know, Shannon, your comment, it really shows the power of this idea of unique ability teamwork because the things that are your incompetent or competent are somebody else's unique ability. I mean, we hear this, right? We, we understand it sort of academically in a session setting, but we live in a business where we get to see that every single day. And it's really exciting because there's such a relief that comes with getting those things off your plate once and for all. And knowing that they're handled by somebody who it's in their unique ability to do them.
0: Mm. Yes, you're preaching to the choir with this one. <laughs> Stephen, what do you want to add to that? Because, you know, we talk a lot in coach about unique ability, unique, excellent, competent, incompetent. And when you actually finally get liberated from those things, as you were saying, Ryan, you know, what you're incompetent or competent at, they're excellent or unique at, it's just such an incredible dynamic and the freedom, the sense of freedom. And I would say, possibility that comes from that is pretty epic. So talk to that, Stephen. I mean, you guys invest a lot in the team that you're working with, which I find really exciting. So that everyone can have that growth mindset.
1: Yeah, I mean, the freedom is mutual, right? Because the strategic executive assistant they get to have freedom to be themselves. They get the freedom to actually grow, right? That creates an energy, right? And then the entrepreneur, because yes, they were able to clear space, right? To not just grow the business, but focus on important relationships, right? Like I'll tell you for me, I joined for the money. I can tell you what I value is, you know, 18 years of not perfect, but happy marriage to my best friend, right? And that's coming from a family with nine marriages, right? Parents with nine marriages between the two of them. The ability to be like intentional and having a partner, a support partner that cares about that part of my life, right? And a better friend, So it's not just bringing that creative energy to my business. I'm showing up better at home. I have a support partner, you know, that does things to actually help make sure that I'm bringing that creative energy. And I have it because I have given, you know, a lot of these things that drained me before to the assistant. And and that all allows this energy that just starts bubbling, right? Mm -hmm. It bubbles into everything. I'm showing up better for everyone. And then the pay it forward mindset that allows you know them to show up better for other people as well. So it's really hard to measure. It's kind of like this invisible ten x that also shows up when you start making these these types of you know commitments mm. and have these collaborations.
0: That's just a great articulation of the benefits of unique ability teamwork. And this is a very specific application of that between entrepreneur and executive assistant. But yes, I mean, it just it frees you up to be a better person in all ways. <laughs> And I think we don't we don't appreciate the cost sometimes. It's like, oh, I'll just handle this email or I'll just handle this report or whatever it is. But it's like, oh, you know, it drains you from the things that you really, the creative activities that you want to be contributing to. Mm. I love it. So let's get down to some brass tacks, I guess the expression is. Yeah. So again, where do you find people? How do you rate them? Are there some people who don't make it through your system? I mean, you talk about them needing to have a growth mindset, which is huge. So you need clients with a growth mindset, and executive assistance with a growth mindset. So that's its own selection process right there, which I think is the most important. But what other success criteria do you have for, for actually let's do both clients and, but let's start with assistants and then we'll move up to your success criteria for clients. I'm curious.
2: Yeah. So it is a multi-step process, but I think one of the things I'd share is that we're really benefiting from the fact that we're advertising the role as work from home mm-hmm. and it will continue to be work from home. That there will never be an expectation you go into the office. And again, whether, you know, somebody's listening and wants to hire for this role themselves or work with a partner, that's one of, I think, our unfair advantages in going and hiring for this role. Mm-hmm. We're getting upwards of a thousand applications per week because so many businesses across the country are going back to an in-person model and, this is a really attractive way to work, particularly in this role. And so that's one of the things that gives us a leg up in terms of trying to find people. And if somebody is open to considering work from home with their executive assistant, it will make their job application that much more attractive to potential applicants Mm -hmm. and you'll get a higher volume of interest in it. The other thing that we're doing is a multi-step interview process We don't have sort of a bench of talent where if we work with somebody, you know, Shannon, if we work together today, we're not gonna, you know, grab somebody off of our bench and say, you're Shannon's assistant now. No, what we're gonna do is we're gonna get your Colby if you're a coach client because you're definitely gonna have that on hand. And we also have an additional personality assessment that we do that's helpful to sort of make the match between the assistant and the individual. One of the things that we run into a lot is that we talk to folks who want an assistant who's just like them. They say that I'm the hard charging, ambitious visionary in the organization. I've got all this autonomy. I've got all this responsibility. I want somebody who can be a carbon copy of me because that's gonna be the easiest way to get the things that are in my mind into their mind because we're the same person. And it's a disaster. disaster. It is a terrible way of working for a variety of reasons. But one of the things that I see is that a great executive assistant is going to have a team approach, a support approach. They're going to want to have that servant's heart. It's really critical to the role. And so the team's growth, their client, their entrepreneur's growth is really important to them. They see that as their personal accomplishment. It's not the dollar signs on the board. It's not the new clients. It's not the sort of traditional entrepreneurial measures of success. They have a different perspective of success that's so, so valuable. And the other piece of it too is that That folks who are, you know, have just a little bit more patience than the entrepreneur are the people who can get the kind of tasks that get bulldozed by the entrepreneur or ignored by the entrepreneur can actually get those things done. And so, we've got this process that will do automated interviews first. We use a tool called Spark Hire that's really helpful to us to be able to do, you know, a series of questions where the applicant is recording themselves to camera, but it isn't live. So, it doesn't require any time. And for us in a distributed business, one of the big advantages we have is that everything can be asynchronous, right? We can operate by email, by Slack messages, by automated interviews. And as much as possible, we've tried to build into our business. It doesn't require two people to be connected on the line at the same time. That information can be shared. Loom videos are another great example of this that are really, really popular or recording Zoom meetings, right? And allowing them to be in a library for learning that you build over time. Those are all great forms of asynchronous communication that are so natural now when you have a distributed work model. So, That's a brief aside, but we've got these automated interviews. We'll do in-person interviews. Of course, we've got a bunch of background checks that I think are really critically important to this role, right? You're dealing with really sensitive information. Where I think we're getting the extra layer of success in finding the right fit for somebody is that when we think we've got the right person, before we go present them to the client, we're putting them through our superpowers university. We're getting them through the curriculum of all the core playbooks. How do you manage email, manage calendar, manage to-dos, manage projects, manage relationships with the entrepreneur? You know, we've got 20 core playbooks that our assistants are arriving on day one with and so they're learning all of those things, they're getting coaching along the way, They're doing sample work projects that show that they understand the material and they're applying it. And so there's this added level of before they even arrive on the doorstep of the entrepreneur, we've seen work from them. We've seen them put these ideas and these tools into action and we've got really good confidence that this is gonna be a good fit.
0: Wow, like you train them up.
2: Exactly, so we have three C's. That it's the whole business is curriculum, coaching and community. So, curriculum is the base learning that you do and then ongoing quarterly learning events. The coaching is that professional development that if you have a growth mindset, if we've hired well for growth mindset, it's pouring into the executive assistant professionally, something that our entrepreneurs might want to do but just don't have time to do. Mm -hmm. So, we focus on that. And then community, that last piece, it's really the missing link. It's the critical piece because it has nothing to do with work from home. It's an isolating role to be reporting directly to the entrepreneur owner. You're not on the ops team. You're not on the sales team. You don't rub elbows with other folks that you're sort of in the trenches of the business with. You have this different relationship. And so, having a community of fellow executive assistants that you can rely on and meet with and get advice from and support from, we think that that's the missing piece. And frankly, that goes back to our sort of formation story. That's the thing that we learned when Stephen and me, we had our assistant train other assistants back in our previous businesses. Those people maintain relationships to this day. They support each other to this day. That's a real meaningful connection.
0: Wow.
1: And not just a meaningful connection. It's amazing to see the additional value that comes from those relationships for them personally, right? They're a part of this, you know, cohort of people, you know, that they're connected with. They have a tribe, Right all with a common focus, all with a growth mindset, want to get better. And so what happens for that is this additional value gets created because, you know, I'm very creative in one area of my life, right? And then someone else is different. And by them, not sharing the details, but sharing ideas like, hey, where do you get great gifts? You'll see all kinds of chatter on like, you know, what what for? And then you get a list of ideas. And so instead of, you know, having a single brain, you have a collective mind of individuals that are dedicated. And so, it creates additional value for them and for the entrepreneur.
2: This community piece is really, truly the secret sauce. And we learned how important it was after the fact. We've continued to be surprised by it. So, while we originally thought of the business as this you know, we'll go find your executive assistant and make the placement and support you and and help you be successful. We've actually innovated and we've added a membership piece to what we're doing where existing strategic assistants or executive assistants can join our curriculum coaching and community. If you've already got the assistant, you think that having that connection and having that upskilling and having that, you know, part of your assistant's life. I mean, we all go to strategic coach. We participate in other entrepreneurial groups. We're constantly developing ourselves to feed that growth mindset. We found that feeding the executive assistant or strategic assistant's growth mindset is a real missed
1: opportunity.
0: So you offer that? You offer your playbooks? Whoa. Yeah. I did not know that. That is the coolest.
1: And that's how we work with someone. If someone's really just completely committed to, you know, in-person or something like that, or they already have their who, but they just want that relationship to be able to go to the next level and be able to invest and grow that person. And again, give them the access to the mind. I talked about that collective mind and their own development community, much like we all, you know, Ryan and I both being members of coach, we all know the value of that for ourselves personally. That's how we serve people, you know, that's, their focus and commitment.
0: Well, it's so cool as you were talking about it cuz I love that I'm still learning new things by, by the second. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that curriculum would be so valuable for people who do have people, do already have their who or they are in person." You know, and then bam, there it is. I love that story. And the community part, I just have to, you know, put a check mark by that because that's what works. I mean, coach has grown through the pandemic, it's always been great to have your workshop, you know, community that you'd be with, but it'd be kind of hard to connect with them in between. Now we've got like connection sessions and monthly power-ups and like all the ways to connect with the greater coach community. And I think it's made the dimension of coach even richer and expanded it beyond what it is. So I know that from my own deal, it's actually why I created the team leader program at the beginning because I wanted other people to talk to who were like me, right? (laughs) And so I can have that community. It was somewhat of a selfish desire, to be honest. But when you have other people doing what you do, working for the same type of people that you work with, and understanding the joys and the challenges and the, oh my gosh, can you believe this happened? (laughs) You know, kind of comments or help, where do I find this? You know, most entrepreneurial companies don't have a ton of assistance in them. It's not like the old corporate structure. That's long gone, right? Most people are doing their own emails. So to have a community of assistance, it's not out there, really. So what you guys have created is epic.
1: And on the culture piece, what I would say, thank you. <laughs> we're excited. The thing that you said about this community and culture, you know, I find that often, and you know, being a part of building, you know, several companies that where culture was a big thing that we worked on, honestly, a lot. Mm -hmm. I see all the time with companies where there's culture and it's very unintentional culture, right? Yes. So there's this unintentional culture that happens and then some work on it more. What I think is really neat about groups like Strategic Coach in particular, is what we've done through the pandemic is intentional. It's intentional culture. It's not just, hey, got a minute. There's a purpose to why I show up to this meeting. There's, you know, something I take away from it every time. And, oh, by the way, I always connect with two or three people that I'm like, wow, I'm so glad I was there and I met them, right? Mm -hmm. And so that same type of intentional culture is what's created here. It's not just like, uh, you know, there's celebration of each other and all of that, Mm -hmm. which is needed and fills them up in those relationships, but there's always some sort of growth mindset and learning component where there's this intentional culture, not like, Hey, we're going to sit around and gripe because we work for a bunch of entrepreneurs. The people that are in these groups are passionate, right? They're passionate about what they do.
0: I love that. I really do feel like you're elevating this role, this profession. And we know it's vitally important, but so many other people don't get to do that. Oh, just an assistant. I'm sorry. There's no just about it. (laughs) This is an incredibly strategic and pivotal role. And if you don't have it, one of my favorite lines, and I can't take credit for it, but I wish I could. It's like, if you don't have an assistant, you are one, right? And frankly, you're way too highly paid for the quality of work that you're doing.
2: (laughs) (laughs) A hundred percent. Nail on the head.
0: Yeah. And I say that to people in their eyes. And these are people in our top level program making a number with a lot of zeros behind it. And they look at me with their eyes really wide and went, (sighs) you're right. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm right. You're way overpaid for what you're doing.
2: (laughs) It's kind of a terrifying realization.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That, if nothing else, should be wise, wise people should consider this. Okay. So not only do you find a really awesome human, you know, who's got the right Colby for the role, who's got the right personality and other aspects in terms of that. So I'd love that you've got some profiles that you use. They have the right mindset And then you train them up, which is something that most entrepreneurs dread having to do and they don't have a good process or it's very scattershot. I mean, I'm like, please teach me how to handle email because I still haven't figured this out after however long email has been around. I've been around since after email started (laughs) or before email started. Those are amazing skills. Of course, I'd learn and then forget it. That's why I need my person to know it. So you really, you train them up. You provide them with the coaching, you've got this awesome curriculum, and you provide a community which is missing for most people. That's awesome. Yay, you filled my brain with that. So now I want to know, how do you choose your clients? Because there are some people, I'm sure, who are right fit for what you do, but I'm getting the sense that someone who's just very transactional, someone who doesn't get that you actually want your compliment, you want a supportive personality, you don't want a hard-driving Clone of yourself because that is 100% a disaster. Brian could not agree more. You probably saw my face as you were talking. I'm like, no, that's the worst idea of life. So, who are you looking for to be a right match for your great people that you're finding?
2: Yeah, it's a really critical question for us, right? Is who's going to be the right fit? Because being in a human business, we're really aware of the fact that when we're helping create these relationships, that two people are involved, right? We're asking somebody, on the assistant side to align their career path and trajectory with what we're doing at Superpowers and ultimately who we're finding them as one of our clients. And so it's something that we take really, really seriously because we see both sides of that relationship, right? One of the most important things, it shows up just in the nature of the conversation. And this is why we love talking to coach clients so much because there has been that mindset shift Stephen sort of alluded to it. We talk about how the entrepreneur is going to be the boss in the relationship, but the assistant should lead the relationship. So, the assistant is the leader and you're the boss. (laughs) And if you're not willing to be led, if you've decided that because you're at the top of the food chain in your business and you call the shots and you make every single decision and you're in every little detail then you're not ready to work with somebody who's a really good fit for us. (laughs) So that's the biggest thing. And it shows up in a lot of interesting ways. You know, our process is sort of to talk through, have you had an assistant in the past? How'd that go? What were the friction points? Or why do you want one if you've never had one? What's the turning point in your life or your business that you're now ready to get this kind of help in your life? And the depth of the answers and the detail with which they know their unique ability And the things that aren't in their unique ability that they're doing, it gives us a really clear picture of who they are and if they're ready to work with, you know, the folks that are a really good fit for us.
0: Yeah. So their level of self-awareness is really important.
2: That's really well said. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Self-awareness is pretty much my number one success (laughs) criteria for someone that... I want to work.
2: with And them. one of the things that stems from that is transparency. Mm. Can you be honest with this person? They're going to see you at your best, at your worst. They're going to see the emotional highs and lows. They might have access to information in your inbox that otherwise isn't broadly known within the team. And so if you're guarding that closely and you can't be on the same page with this person, it really inhibits how far the relationship can go.
0: Yeah. And how much support you can actually get. I know for people, the last thing they gave up was getting people's calendar out of their hands. I have a baton with me right now. It's going to make some noise. You know, it's like I was just coaching on this, the delegation death script. Sure, you can manage my calendar. The other person grabs hold. The first person never lets go. Right? <laughs> They're Like, oh, no, I'll just do this. You know, and I actually, for the most part, not 100% good at this, but one of our clients used to say this. He would literally be in a meeting with you. Could be face to face. And we're like, let's schedule the next meeting. Dan would say, my security clearance doesn't go that high. (laughs) Let me bring in Teresa or whatever her name was. And I pretty much have taken a page out of that book. It's like, I could do this, but it would probably be a disaster. So let me get Katrina or, you know, whomever, Nicole, to help figure this out. So when you can really own the fact of what your value is and also not, step over the line and not do it just because it's there or convenient or whatever. It takes some habits, takes some awareness of what is the best and not best use of your creativity and energy and letting the other person do their job, right? So I think that honesty is really key. And you talked about emotional highs and lows. And that is one of the key things, as you guys know, in my entrepreneurial attitude exercise is to have, you know, really be able to handle strong emotions. They are a normal part of entrepreneurial life. And the person has to be willing to share that and be authentic and be real and set up the basis for that relationship, for that to be okay, that to be cool. So good. Anything else that you are looking for or not looking for? I mean, I love what you've said so far is spot on. (laughs) I agree with everything.
2: The only other thing we run into, and this is something that, again, maybe is more hopefully broadly applicable to folks who are considering bringing a strategic assistant onto their team, is, you know, we say we're on a mission to help successful entrepreneurs achieve new levels of freedom and growth. Mm-hmm. That word successful is doing a little bit of work for us, but it's part of our qualification as well. Just as Coach wants to work, I think, with, you know, clients who are at a certain part of their business life cycle, we want to do the same thing. We, we don't do well when This person is going to be the first hire that an entrepreneur is making. And they become the utility player for everything in the business. They become the bookkeeper, the salesperson, they become the, you know, mini ops person and fulfillment person. That's just not setting either person up for success. And so it's part of really having a defined set of playbooks that we're going to run right from the get-go. And if there's good overlap there, we're going to have a phenomenal relationship. But if this is one of your first or second hires, we're probably not the right fit. And I would just encourage someone to reflect on whether a strategic assistant is that right first hire for them versus, you know, somebody who's in a more operational role, a sales role, whatever that is, every business is different. But there's a temptation, I think, to say, you're a hard worker, you've got a good head on your shoulders, you should just do everything I don't want to do. And I see that end poorly more often than not.
0: Oh, could not agree more. The only time I can think of that possibly working, and again, this is still probably a one in 10, is if someone's had five businesses, right? And now they've just, they're kind of managing or, you know, and then they need a compliment to them, but they're so self-aware at that point. And they're used to delegating everything out to experts. And
2: certainly successful. Yeah,
0: times a hundred. But that's because of their experience and success level already and their self-awareness. So yeah, first or second hire is a disaster.
1: The only thing I would add to what Ryan put so eloquently is that wherever someone's at, like we don't have judgment. I mean, we have a long-term approach, right? So when we connect with someone on a discovery call, like it is all value creation. It is helping them get clarity on what it is they need. And often sometimes they're not ready Mm -hmm. and we're known to refer people often to other places because they're not ready because it's the right thing to do for everybody. And some people are like me, they're going to drag their heels. They're not ready to make that jump and everything else. And so, you know, we just want to hopefully serve them and treat them the way we want to be treated. And hopefully that'll be well-received. And it generally is right. And they just keep us in mind when their situation changes. And so I would say what, one of the most interesting things for me is just how often even if someone doesn't become a client, because, you know, we might point them in a different direction based on where they're at, we get referrals from people that we've sent to other places often. So anyway, just kind of a a neat byproduct of really just treating people right and, and understanding that everybody's on a journey. And some maybe never get there because of, I can't be honest or whatever, those types of things. But sometimes that's just an early business person that just hasn't matured and realized that they haven't reached that point where they've realized that that's their ceiling yeah. and they're ready to break through that. Doesn't mean they're a bad person, they just haven't got there yet, you know.
0: Well, and most of us have been there at some point.
1: I absolutely. <laughs>
0: 100%. Yeah, and you're not ready is true. It can be a little humbling to hear that sometimes, but they're like, "Uh, oh, they're right." I really respect that because knowing who is a right fit for your business and who isn't. This is just a great business principle, but it's lovely hearing it from you guys is there's nothing worse than coming into a business where you're the wrong fit client and they just took you because you could fog a mirror, right? There's nothing worse because the way the service is designed, what their expectations are, the level of what they want from you and they can provide you is off. And so I don't want someone to bend over backwards to accommodate themselves to me. If I'm not a right fit, then I feel like I'm not measuring up. So it is absolutely for the greater good of everyone. You, them, the potential person who might be working for them. And I love that when you refer them off to others, they actually refer you back because they saw the just integrity with which you operate. So yes. Oh, so good. This is so fun. All right. So we've talked about a lot. We've talked about what your both of your entrepreneurial careers were before. Now you've joined forces in this. I know it's a passion. This is very much close to both of your purposes, your success criteria for Finding really great people, how you go through that, the growth mindset that's needed, also what you're looking for in terms of clients, your amazing capabilities, like your, well, your secret sauce is the community, but I actually think it's the curriculum and coaching and the community. (laughs) Those three C's. Oh my goodness. So if people want to learn more, if they think they are ready or they're interested in that membership, my mind's blown. How do they find you? What should they be thinking about? How can they track you? How can they learn more?
2: Yeah. Easiest thing to do is to visit superpowershq.com and click the discovery call link and just book a time that's convenient. We're really intentional about being low pressure, no sales. We're trying to have a really sort of collaborative, almost coach style conversation. We very much disciples of the DOS conversation here, right? So trying to create that value, trying to be, you know, that value, be helpful in the process. And so it truly is, we really try to lean into that idea of a discovery part of the discovery call. So really low pressure and just love having those conversations, meet new entrepreneurs.
0: Love it. So superpowers, plural, HQ, com is how people can find it. You got it. Fantastic. Now, just a fun question just to wrap up. Where do you see superpowers, you know, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, five years from now? What does the future look like for you?
1: What I would say is that it's going to be just this kind of bubbling pot, like this exponential opportunity for like-minded people to grow together, right? To commit to bigger futures and lean into each other. I mean, the company's developing itself now with the network and the assistance and they continuously expand and that expands the freedom growth of the entrepreneur and keeps them off that seesaw that they live on of too much freedom means no growth and too much growth means, you know, a complete loss of freedom. So Mm -hmm. we just look forward to helping people do that. I would say one of the coolest things that I'll compare it to
2: my experience going through the lifetime extender exercise in coach and going around that room and hearing how people had big goals, big dreams, big ambitions. And it expands your own notion of what your lifetime extender can look like, right? And to a certain extent, I see some parallels here because we're doing the professional version of that. We're working with entrepreneurs who are ambitious and have big visions and are excited to do big things in their lives professionally. And so by serving them, we're developing new capabilities for other assistants. And so there's this network effect that I didn't expect where we're learning from our phenomenal clients how to be better for them and in turn, be able to help other entrepreneurs who aren't thinking that way yet, be better for them and give them new capabilities. They maybe didn't realize we're going to be a part of that executive assistant relationship when they first got started.
0: Mm -hmm. I can see like this bubbling pot, which is often how we talk about 10x growth, I can just see all the potential offshoots. the amount of intellectual property and intellectual capital that will be as a result of this network effect. Thank you for naming it that. I can just see it. It's going to be amazing. I'm like, how can I be a part of this? <laughs> so I love it.
1: And that's how you can see, I mean, how the purpose aligns and knowing, you know, me and Ryan like to do. I mean, this is why we can look at a 25 year horizon and say, this is fun. And oh, by the way, you know, we're making impact and and have a great business out of it too. So.
0: So one question I have, because you guys are talking about EAs, but I think of people who work remotely perhaps as a virtual assistant. Do you guys make a distinction between a VA and an EA?
2: Yeah, it's something that, you know, is one of the important distinctions that we make early on in our conversations, because Sometimes when folks come to us and they say they need a VA, the question for us is what does that mean? Like we think about an executive assistant, someone who's US based, someone who like we've said before can lead in that relationship, or is it someone like a VA who we typically think might be an international located resource? You know, somebody who's maybe in India or the Philippines and and comes at a different price point. The distinction for us is that leadership piece. We've talked to folks who say, I have a series of standard operating procedures And I need somebody and I know exactly who they are to go from step one to two to three and get to done day in and day out. And that's phenomenal. And we think that that's a great fit for a VA. And we'd refer you to somebody who can find you a phenomenal VA. But for us, we think about executive assistant is able to think creatively, is able to bring that passion and new way of doing things once they know you really, really well into the relationship.
0: That's phenomenal. I did not have that distinction before, but I do now. So thank you. And we've talked about this before in previous conversations, but I am so appreciative that you have the perspective that you do on strategic assistance, on executive assistance, and that you care about them so much and you see the absolute strategic necessity of you know helping an entrepreneur grow with this type of person in place and you've done the deep dive into who are they how do they think how do they feel what do they need to know how can they support one another how can we leverage their resourcefulness because they're incredibly resourceful people ones we're talking about so I just love that you love them so much <laughs> you know I've always appreciated I mean I think I started the strategic assistant program before I had one we I mean, had a coach which is ironic now, <laughs> but I, now that I think about that it's like hmm Janet but It it does take that leap of confidence to make that investment in yourself. So I am just really appreciative that you are doing what you are doing. I think you've got some amazing things that distinguish you. The three C's (laughs) are incredible. And I'm just really appreciative because our our clients are always looking for great resources. And I think you've given not only the practical, you know, superpowers, HQ.com to go to, but you've also shared the mindset what is really essential for that partnership to be the best it can be and to provide the biggest future for people. And I mean, you've really kind of pulled back the curtain and talked about why, you know, having a growth mindset, being willing to be transparent, being willing to share is so critical. And I, I think you've just expanded certainly my thinking, but other people's thinking too. So thank you for doing the work that you're doing. I am very excited and thrilled to have you on the show.
1: Thank you for having us. It's always, like I said, great investing time together and getting to be heroes together uh, to this awesome community we get to serve. Thank you so much. This conversation has been so much fun. Thank you, Shannon.
0: My pleasure. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Steven.
1: Thanks, Shannon.